And here we go. Here we go. On this Monday, it is July 12th, 2022, 6 p.m. straight up. You are in the midst of Real Talk Memphis. Very happy to have you with us wherever you are out there. Gang's all here. We're fired up and ready to go. And personally, I am happy to be back in the air chair. It's been a couple of weeks, and I hope that uh, things have gone well for you between uh, the last time and uh, this time we are corresponding. Is it hot enough for you? That's just a general question. Is it hot enough for you out there? It's, uh, I think today is another 100 degree day, if I'm not mistaken. Yesterday was slightly cooler, but the heat pump is back and fired up, and it's going to be another hot week. Uh, heat indices uh, anywhere from 110, 15 to 110 uh, hot, no matter how you slice it. So uh, those rules apply for hot weather in particular. If you don't have to be out, don't. Uh, drink plenty of uh, water. Uh, keep yourself well hydrated. And Marvin came in here with like a like a gallon of water. Marvin, just, uh, that's the smart thing to do. You got a big old gallon of water sitting over here in the corner. But that's the smart thing to do. And, uh, you know, because we want you to kind of keep safe as well. A lot of people don't think about their pets or don't really wonder, you know, too much about them when you, especially those with dogs that you walk. But you have to think about the fact that if it's 100 degrees air temperature, yeah, another 10 degrees uh, with the heat index, which is the, the moisture in the air, which makes it feel like 110 degrees. Um, the ground is about 10 to 15 degrees hotter than that. And think about what that does to their paws. Okay, so enough of that for right now. Uh, so I, again, uh, it's good to be back. And uh, before we get started, a lot of you want to find out how you can get this fine piece of radio broadcasting. Well, a number of ways. We are live right now on WIXR 91.7 on your FM dial. You can also catch us live on the WIXR app if you're out and about. You can also catch us on the TuneIn app if you are out and about. And uh, we are on Facebook Live, uh, broadcasting right now live. And we're going to post to YouTube uh, sometime either later tonight or tomorrow. And as we are a podcast, uh, you can get this uh, show wherever you get your podcast. Everybody clear on that? I think we are. Very, very good. All right, so um, it has been a bit of a time the last a couple of weeks. A lot going on out there and uh, a lot to do. We have a pretty good show tonight coming back. Uh, we have some good guests. We're going to talk about a variety of very important issues. So I hope that you, you uh, tune in, you stay in, and you, and you, and you uh, hold on to us for the uh, next hour. Uh, Floyd Bonner, who is the... Uh, Sheriff of Shelby County will be joining me in just a few minutes. We have uh, several um, things we were uh, going to discuss uh, in terms of uh, uh, his thoughts and crime in general and, and kind of how we look at things moving forward. Melvin Burgess is going to join me a little bit later on. He is the Shelby County property assessor. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks are having problems finding affordable housing uh, in and around Shelby County because a lot of outside folks are uh, coming in, investors, and buying up these properties and raising the prices of these properties and making them unaffordable. We're going to talk about that as well. And a little bit later on, uh, Kathy Pope is going to uh, join us again. She is the president and CEO of the Mid-South Food Bank because, uh, as I always say, uh, we need to step outside of ourselves and understand that there's a lot going on out here. Uh, a lot of people are affected, uh, especially with uh, the inflation and uh, supply chain issues and 
uh, high prices in the grocery store, at the gas station. Uh, it affects a lot of things. Uh, they are responsible for helping trying to feed so many out there who are in desperate need of food. Uh, and they're having some issues as well. We're going to talk to Kathy about that in the second half hour of the broadcast. But first, uh, as we are into July, uh, we always like to celebrate you this time of show. And how do we do that? Well, it's called Birthday Shoutout. If you made another trip around the sun, it's always nice to celebrate that. But we can't do that unless I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, going out to several on this day. Happy birthday, Deborah Maven Bond. Happy birthday to Mr. Brian Clay of the Brian Clay Crate of the Brian Clay Chronicles. I knew I was going to mess that up. Good guy. Uh, happy birthday to Jackie Taylor, Sherry Shaw celebrating today, as is Jim Hagmeller. He's Celebrating his birthday today. LaPrenza N. Andrews, happy birthday to you. Daryl Saunders, happy birthday. Norma Lester celebrating today as well. And uh, a couple of uh, special belated happy birthdays. Well, one, uh, DJ Lola celebrated her birthday. She's raising her hand. She celebrated her birthday last week, last Thursday. Happy belated uh, to you, uh, DJ Lola. Also, this past Saturday, my daughter, Brianne Nicole Washington, celebrated her birthday on the 9th. And yesterday, my wife, Wanda Joyce, celebrated her birthday. So it's been a busy time, and I'm officially broke. So <laughs> happy birthday. I'm sorry, who? Who? Deanna Robinson. Deanna Robinson. We had to get that was Lola. Every time I do that, you know it's Lola, right? Having to give me that. But anyway, congratulations to each and every one of you for uh, celebrating another trip around the sun. And we hope to be here next year to celebrate you even bigger and better. Thank you, Lola. All right. A few news and notes uh, to get into uh, on this fine day. Uh, Let me make sure my phone is like, you know, down volume wise because I'm hearing things. There we go. All right. the heat, of course, is a top story, not only here, but, but, but all over the country. 36 to 38 million people are affected by some kind of heat advisory or heat warning from uh, the West Coast all the way to the, you know, to the coast of Mississippi. Uh, the heat is on. It's no joke. It's very, very serious. A lot of brush fires are breaking out uh, west uh, Yosemite. Uh, the jewel we like to call the Yosemite National Forest is on fire. And uh, it is about 25% uh, contained, but uh, these high temperatures don't make it any easier. And as I said earlier, uh, please uh, be mindful of yourself and be mindful of others in this heat, particularly the senior citizens. Check on them and make sure they're okay. Make sure they have uh, you know air, they're cool, and they have everything they need uh, to keep themselves uh, cool and safe uh, in this weather. I already talked about the dogs uh, and uh, you know how dangerous it is to have them out. We know they need their exercise, but walking on the cement and the concrete is not a good thing. If you can go to a place where it's all grass, uh, that would be a little bit better and more preferred. So once again, and I found out something just kind of haphazardly over the weekend as I was preparing for the show. Did you know that Tennessee law does not require landlords to provide air conditioning to tenants? There isn't anything written 
that says that they have to provide air conditioning. I had to read that like four times to make sure I got that right. Uh, and of course, if you if you do have a problem, and and and, and the, it went on to say that they are only required to provide essential services like water, gas, and other utilities. Now, you know, when it's 100 and, you know, 10 degrees outside, you know, and, and you're burning up on the inside, I can't quite understand why that wouldn't be essential in terms of an air conditioning, but it's not. But if you want to fight it, if you have a problem with your apartment complex or wherever it is, if you want to fight it, uh, you have to uh, do it in writing. If your air conditioning goes out, you have to do it in writing. I would think that the lawmakers in the state of Tennessee might want to, you know, pick up on that in the next legislative session. And let's see if we can't sort of fix that. That's absolutely crazy and nuts. So uh, yesterday there was uh, a shooting. Well, when isn't there a shooting in this town? But in uh, Hickory Hill, uh, police arrived on the scene uh, on the 55, 5900 block of uh, Hickory Hill Square. Uh, uh, They tried to... uh, disarm a suspect and take him into custody uh, when he decided to retrieve a handgun from his waistband and he shot and he hit one of the officers, one of the MPD officers yesterday. Uh, thank God it was uh, a non-fatal wound, non-critical. Uh, as of today, you know, he's doing better and is expected to recover. The suspect, however, is being held uh, on a million-dollar bond for the attempted murder of a law enforcement officer. So this is something, uh, this next bit of news is something that uh, I think a lot of us are dealing with, uh, including myself. Car tags. Uh, The car tags, uh, my car tags are actually due this month. And uh, you've probably seen in the news the backlog at the Shelby County Clerk's Office uh, of getting these tags out. It is taking months, uh, in some instances several months, for people to get their car tags. And um, it has to do with mailing them out and the, and the postage that it costs to mail them out. And the, and the clerk is saying that we don't have the money. And the, the county commission is saying we gave you the money and, you know, to do this. And, you know, a lot of blame going around. But as of uh, the last few days, over 7,500 people are still waiting for their car tags. I mean, that, that's a, I mean, a 7,000 people and law enforcement can stop you and, you know, you can get a ticket from that. Now, I don't know in this particular situation, um, you know, if you, I don't, I don't know how that works. If you get your, okay, Lola said, if, they, if you have your receipt, you'll be fine. But that's just, that's crazy because they don't know how to, they don't just stop people. They don't know how to, they don't know how to do this. Nobody's really been in this situation before. So, uh, and also, by the way, uh, I don't know if you heard that the Whitehaven County Clerk's Office is closed for, uh, indefinitely. Why? Because their air conditioning went out. So, you know, just think about the number of people who depend on that uh, office in in uh, in uh, Whitehaven who can't go there now. So this is a mess, you know, clearly all the way around, backwards and forwards and everything in between. All right. Uh, so uh, last week on the 4th of July, when many of us celebrated the 4th, uh, we all heard about the uh, 21-year-old man who opened fire at a parade, an annual parade uh, just north uh, of Chicago in Illinois. He killed seven people uh, and wounded scores of others, maybe 20 or 30 people wounded. Uh, he apparently dressed as a female uh, to uh, commit this crime. He dressed, a, you know, had dress on and wig on, everything else. He climbed up a building onto the roof and started to fire at folks. And uh, again, um, he was caught several hours later. And uh, 
let's just put it this way. He's 21 years old, and he will never see the light of day outside a prison cell uh, because they are going to do everything they can to throw, you know, multiple books at this fellow, for sure. Uh, I want to end this segment with a good news story because this is good news because I'm very much passionate about our responsibility is not just to ourselves, but to help other people in need. And kudos and a pat on the back go out to the folks at Oak Spring Baptist Church in Arlington, Tennessee. Why? Because they donated $40,000 to pay off 103 MLGW customers' utility bills in the Millington and Arlington areas. I, I, you look, that, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you handle your business, you know, because... A church is not just a building. Uh, this goes, you know, it goes far beyond the walls. And this is a wonderful example of that church. Oak Spring donated 10% of its income to MLGW's Gift of Comfort program. And their pastor, Michael Martin, who I know and is a very, very nice guy, uh, was quoted by saying, it's just a need that we've identified. It doesn't stop the bleeding, but it does slow it down a little bit. Uh, this is the third time that Oak Springs has donated to the gift of comfort in the past 18 months. Churches, are you listening? Are you listening? This is what we do to take care of our, our people out here. So kudos and congratulations uh, to Pastor Martin and the folks at Oak Spring Baptist Church. With that, we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we are going to speak with the sheriff of Shelby County. He is Floyd Bonner. I am Chip Washington, your humble host. Glad to be back. Glad to be in the air chair. Glad to have you out there. This is Real Talk Memphis. We will be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Experience the sweet soul of John Gary Williams at WIXR's Stereo Sessions, presented by Mempho and Nexair. The one-time Mad Lads vocalist stepped out on his own for a 1973 solo debut, which lives on as a shining testament to the range of the Memphis soul sound and inspiring lyrical performance. Visit WIXR.org to RSVP to attend the free event, which takes place at 6 p.m. in the Memphis Listening Lab on July 13th. WIXR Stereo Sessions, presented by Nexair and Mentho, featuring John Gary Williams' self-titled LP, is sponsored by Orion, Memphis Listening Lab, and Via Productions. The event is powered by a grant from Humanities Tennessee. next round of our collaboration bids with Crosstown Brewing Company is ready. Take a walk down the tart end of the street, where soul music meets a fruity and flavorful sour beer with notes of pineapple, peach, and apricot. You can find the beer at grocery stores and other local Crosstown Brewing Company retailers. A portion of the proceeds goes towards helping WYXR and supporting community radio in Memphis. Visit CrosstownBeer.com for more information.
Memphis Music Festival returns to Radiance Amphitheater at Memphis Botanic Garden on September 30th through October 2nd. This year's fest features the excitement of the Black Keys, Widespread Panic, Wilco, Jason Isbell, Portugal the Man, Tank and the Bangas, Bobby Rush, and many more. Visit MemphoFest.com for ticket packages, lineup information, FAQs, and more. That's MemphoFest.com. Memphis Listening Lab proudly supports WYXR. They provide a curated collection of music and music history, a forum for music-related talks and performances, and a music education, appreciation, and experimentation space located in Crosstown Concourse. The lab is open Tuesday through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information on their Instagram page at Memphis Listening Lab or on their website at memphislisteninglab.org. Music meets you wherever you are. A great record finds you, and the trick it pulls off is that it records you. The music always remembers who you were when it first hit you, and for the rest of your natural-born life, wherever you go, music can take you back to whoever you were. At Loaded for Bear, the way we approach art and brand design is to find our clients wherever they really are, meet them there, and create lasting work that captures who they are. Just like y'all, we're from Memphis, and we're listeners. Loaded for Bear is proud to ride for WYXR and community radio anywhere. The Orpheum Broadway season presents Lerner and Lowe's My Fair Lady, July 26th through the 31st. From Lincoln Center Theater comes a new revival of the musical, boasting songs as I Could Have Danced All Night, The Rain in Spain, Wouldn't It Be Lovely, and On the Street Where You Live. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com. Experience the sweet soul of John Gary Williams at WYXR's Stereo Sessions, presented by Mempho and Nexair. The one-time Mad Lads vocalist stepped out on his own for a 1973 solo debut, which lives on as a shining testament to the range of the Memphis soul sound and inspiring lyrical performance. Visit WYXR.org to RSVP to attend the free event, which takes place at 6 p.m. in the Memphis Listening Lab on July 13th. WYXR Stereo Sessions, presented by Nexair and Mentho, featuring John Gary Williams' self-titled LP, is sponsored by Orion, Memphis Listening Lab, and Via Productions. The event is powered by a grant from Humanities Tennessee. Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on uh, this Monday, July 11th. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a challenge because uh, for some reason we can't hear him in the studio, but we'll do it the old-fashioned way. It is uh, very good to have uh, my first guest on the show. Uh, he's the leading law enforcement authority in Shelby County, Tennessee. He is Sheriff Floyd Bonner. And uh, Sheriff Bonner, so good to have you on the show tonight. Well, thank you for having me, Chip. And uh, sorry about the technical difficulties okay. All right. here. Hold, hold on just a second, <laughs> Okay. Wait, All right. Wait, hold on just a second. 
Okay, we're going to make this thing work. All right, uh, so as I said, happy to have you on the show tonight. And uh, there's very uh, a few things we want to talk about, but uh, first, um, you were the uh, first uh, African-American sheriff to be elected in Shelby County. Am I correct in that? Yes, the first elected African-American. That's exactly right. Okay, so... Uh, and, it, and that was back in 2018, and now we are in 2022, and, and we know what's going on this year. But I want to talk to you about um, a few serious topics as pertains to crime. You know, we all know uh, that it has escalated uh, in our you know, city, in our county. Uh, it has become a, a very much of a challenge for uh, law enforcement agencies, not only here, but, but all over. Uh, I know you uh, pretty well, and I know you're a stickler for always looking ahead, uh, trying to see, you know, what's down the road. Uh, but um, in, in terms of uh, one thing in particular uh, that was uh, fairly contentious for a while, but I know you were supportive of it, as was the district attorney, and that is the truth in sentencing uh, that is now law. First of all, for folks who don't know what that is, please explain to our listeners what that is and what it entails. Well, after July 1 of this year, uh, it will be no more reduced sentence on, on, on cases. Uh, if you go through the truth in sentencing, if you go down that road, then you're going to do all your time. But I think the misconception of what people are thinking or, or maybe lack of knowing is, is that that does not mean every single crime that occurs or a person commits. This is kind of reserved for the worst of the worst. Okay. If you're if you're an a, an egregious offender and your record is is really really bad, then that's when truth in sentencing will kick in. So there's a lot of crimes that truth in sentencing does not play a part in because. And let me say this also: this passed with bipartisan. Uh, uh, support mm -hmm. from even the representatives here in Shelby County. Mm -hmm. And because I was a little slow with truth and sentencing until I really got down into the meat and potatoes of it and trying to figure out, okay, because see, what I did not want to see is I didn't want to see a 16 year old, even though it might be a murder charge, but I don't want to see a 16 year old get 40 years and have to do 40 years. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was concerned about that, uh, that our juveniles uh, would not be, it would not take into account that they were juveniles. So uh, that's not the case with this. So, you know, and in, 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 in talking about that, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, major crimes uh, committed by younger and younger people. I mean, teens, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, you know, committing major crimes, in, in, including murder. And that's an, an, an interesting thing that you just said. A lot of people also talk about the fact it's got nothing to do with law enforcement, but um, that the uh, Shelby County Jail, which you oversee, uh, isn't really a detriment, particularly to these young folks. And first of all, do you see that as the case? And second of all, what can be done, if anything, uh, to act as a deterrent for these young folks committing these major crimes? Well, you know, Shelby County Jail is only a, we are a pretrial facility. Right. In other words, when you get arrested, you come there, you either make bond or you get out, or you stay until you get your time, go to court, or or, or, or is you're exonerated, if you will. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're a pretrial facility. Uh, we're not like the penal farm, the federal prison, or, or some of the other prisons that are here in the local area. So um, we're, we're, you know, we house over 2,000 inmates 
every day at, at 201. When I first came in the office in 2018, our number actually got up to 3,018. Oh, goodness. Uh, right now, we're sitting at about 60 juveniles in, in juvenile court. Now, mind you, these kids down to juvenile court, they're not runaways. They're not shoplifters. These are kids that have committed some serious crimes. And then I have kids out at jail lease that, that also uh, have been adjudicated as and will stand trial as adults. So, you know, when when we talk about our kids and, and everything, you know, you raise sons, I raise sons, and you you to me, what really has to go on, and this is something that I'm really proud of and that I'm really seeing a lot in the community now. There is a lot of help out there for single parents and moms, dads that need that extra help, uh, that role model, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, talking to a young man that was incarcerated in my jail and him telling me that, you know, he had no one positive in his in his life. Right. But we're starting to see a really, really big uptick with the churches, with nonprofits, there are things out there for parents now to get help with their children, it's, you know, but you got to know where to go get the help at. So um, we're really excited. I, I think we can turn this thing around. I know we can turn it around, but we're going to have to take a holistic approach. It's going to have to be everybody in the community. If you're just joining us, we are speaking with uh, Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner and uh, Sheriff Bonner, you know, that was very interesting that you that point you just made in, in talking about the inclusion of all uh, to help uh, some of these folks who really need the attention, you know, and the help. But another uh, issue, and, and I know you're pretty passionate about, and I, and I know you used the term, you know, one time, you know, we don't need to hide behind uh, some of the some of the issues uh, that are out there of individuals that are committing crimes. How big is the mental health component or aspect of this in terms of everyday law enforcement? Well, you know, when I, I told you earlier, we're housing about 2,200 inmates. And I would say uh, probably that number is about a third of our inmates have some type of mental health issue. Uh, one of the things that we're doing now, I'm uh, in cooperation with Dr. Sean Griffith with the mayor's office, uh, Mayor Harris' office, we're now getting ready to have Alliance Healthcare go with deputies as they make these type of calls. Uh, I, I'm not an originator of it. I saw it in Eugene, Oregon, uh, how it worked in Eugene, Oregon. The program out there is called Cahoots. And so even though our officers are CIT trained, now Hopefully what's going to happen is when an officer goes to a scene where there's a mental consumer mm -hmm. that and we can secure the scene where it's safe for that healthcare worker to come in, then they come in and provide resources to the families and, and let the family know, you know, where they can go to get the help and then even follow up with the family later on down the road to make sure that everything is it's, it's going okay. I mean, if that family needs uh, insurance or uh, 10 care, whatever the problem may be, and keeping that person on their medication and doing the right thing, uh, and it saves the taxpayers money uh, because we're not housing them in the jail. And the jail is not the right place to be. I, I had an say. interview yeah. the other day, and I told them that I'm the biggest mental health hospital in Shelby County because we do house so many 
uh, mental consumers there. So we're trying to find a better way to keep these folks out of jails, to keep the families you know, safe and happy at home. And I think this is going to be a great way, this partnership with uh, uh, Alliance Healthcare is going to be a great way to partnership and keep some of these folks out of jail. Well, absolutely that, because, you know, a lot of these uh, cases and a lot of folks, uh, you know, have have complained, especially, you know, f- uh, family members of, of some of these uh, uh, individuals uh, who commit these crimes, you know, who are pleading and begging, don't shoot him, don't kill him. You know, he's he's got, he right. needs help. And I know that one time I, I heard you on a news interview say something about, you know, we can't hide behind this dirty little secret. You know, I mean, and th- this is, right. this absolutely. is, absolutely, yeah. especially in the African American community. You know, Chip, uh, uh, you know, I, I say this and not jokingly, but how many times have we sit around the table Christmas, Thanksgiving and say, well, you know, I knew that boy did that. You know, he'd been crazy all his life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people laugh about it, but this is not a laughing matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, let's own, let's, let's own it and then let's seek help. For, for the people that we know might need that help. And so that's what I'm a big proponent of. This is what we're pushing. Uh, I've been working on this program now for about two years and uh, to get, uh, and, and MPD has a similar program. It's called CARES. Yeah. We hadn't officially given our program a name, but it's, it operates under the same, uh, same premise. You know, but so I'm not reinventing the wheel here. It's just another tool for the officers uh, at Shelby County Sheriff's Office. So one last thing I want to ask you about before before I let you go. Uh, And I talked about it in a story uh, at the beginning of the newscast. I mean, the beginning of the show, rather, uh, about the active shooter situation, uh, you know, at uh, just outside of Chicago, the fourth of July last week. Uh, We are seeing more and more active shooter situations um, that are causing just so much uh, death and destruction and grief, you know, from coast to coast. I know you're very, very, very big on uh, your forward thinking guy. I've known you for a while, but also on this issue of shooter training, active shooter training. Talk a little bit about uh, what your uh, your uh, your folks are doing in terms of that. Yes, Chip, we just had a big active shooter training for our courtroom deputies back in October. We were able, some of the courts were down, so we trained all of our officers at 201 Poplar there, especially over in the old courthouse where divorces occur and million-dollar lawsuits occur. But also about three weeks ago, all of our school resource officers were in in in-service training, and I had an opportunity to address about 40, 45 officers there to make sure that we were all on the same page. Uh, we have a new, what we call a seminition house, where a shoot house where we can move the walls around and, and, and do different types of scenario training. So uh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's a concern that I have almost every day to make sure that we're prepared. Our training staff is, our training staff is, is the best in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had a chance to have all of our officers out when school let out in, in service training. And I gave them an opportunity to ask me some questions as well as I asked them, do we all understand what we're gonna do in the case of an active shooter? You know, it's, it's not waiting, it's not, you know, you go in and you must stop the threat. Well, you know, um, it, it is uh, 
programs like this and initiatives like this, you know, that, that you know, w- may come in handy. You know, we pray that uh, we don't have, have to deal with right. it. I know a former colleague of ours, uh, Dale Lane out in Collierville, had to deal with that. And, um, you know, you just never know from the time you lay your head down at night what's going to happen the next morning. Uh, but uh, listen, thank you for, for for taking a few minutes to come on the show. You, dre- you, you dressed up. You look nice. So... <laughs> <laughs> I cleaned up for your show, especially yes. for you. Yes, you know, sir. Yes, sir. It's after six, and, and here I am still in a uniform. Yeah, well, I'm going to let you go. But listen, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Sheriff Bonner, for coming on the show. I really appreciate no, thank, it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, and as always, if you ever, your listeners or whatever, just, uh, just I'm just a phone call away. Thank I'm, you. I'm very accessible. Thank you, sir. I know that for a fact and really appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk to you down the road. All right, buddy. Take thank care. you. All right, bye-bye. Sheriff Floyd Bonner, ladies and gentlemen, a great interview about very serious issues uh, that are going on out there. So I hope that you all had a chance to uh, listen and digest that as well. We're going to take our next break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, shift gears a bit and we're going to talk about property property assessments uh, and the cost of property and, uh, you know, where things are headed, which is not necessarily in the best direction. We're going to talk with Melvin Burgess. Uh, This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Experience the sweet soul of John Gary Williams at WIXR's Stereo Sessions, presented by Mempho and Nexair. The one-time Mad Lads vocalist stepped out on his own for a 1973 solo debut, which lives on as a shining testament to the range of the Memphis soul sound and inspiring lyrical performance. Visit WIXR.org to RSVP to attend the free event, which takes place at 6 p.m. in the Memphis Listening Lab on July 13th. WIXR Stereo Sessions, presented by Nexair and Mentho, featuring John Gary Williams' self-titled LP, is sponsored by Orion, Memphis Listening Lab, and Via Productions. The event is powered by a grant from Humanities Tennessee. Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. Uh, and uh, this next uh, particular uh, story or issue is, is is based on a story that I that I read recently, and uh, I know my next guest has been talking about it as well. That's why I wanted him to come back on the show. Uh, there are a lot of uh, 
housing is a big issue in Memphis and Shelby County. Affordable housing is even a bigger issue. You know, we have a very high poverty rate. But it seems as if a lot of outside investors are coming into Shelby County, buying up property, fixing it up, and basically, you know, uh, making it unaffordable for people uh, who live here to rent or otherwise. So to break all this down, I wanted to have uh, my next guest on. He is uh, the Shelby County property assessor. He is Melvin Burgess. Melvin, thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me, Chip. I appreciate you. So uh, you've been talking about uh, this issue of affordability in terms of housing locally for a while now. And I know that uh, you raised the flag of concern about some of these outside investors. So kind of break down uh, what is going on here in terms of this and how it is affecting us locally. Okay. uh, First of all, thanks for having me. And second is that, you know, it's my job. I took the oath, Chip, to... Uh, of course, assess all properties here and in Shelby County, as well as anytime I see a red flag or anything I see that's, that's, that's not usual for our typical home buyer that's going to change a community, I got to sound off. And right now, and what's happening, Chip, is like you said earlier, is that a lot of investors are coming in. I'm not against the investors coming in, but we got to put a halt. We got to slow it down because there are over us affordable 7,000 chips, single family homes that, that were depleted from the local inventory uh, of available single family homes over the last past two years. And at that rate chip, you know, many of our more traditional and historic neighborhoods within the I-240 loop, I mean, they're gonna be become rental properties, rental communities. Oh my. And, you know, you know, there's a, you know, direct relationship between a saturation of rentals in the community and the rising crime rates in areas like your Cordova, yeah. Southeast Memphis and Whitehaven. Yeah. So we see that there's a lot of activity and it needs to be slowed down. And we, I'm just alarming, you know, uh, our leaders that, you know, let's come together, let's come up with a plan, but we got to slow this down because just like you said earlier, you know, what's going to be, what inventory is going to be left for our kids who are either here now who want to come back home and want to try to get a home. Well, guess what? What about that renter who's renting a home now and the, the landlord has, has sold his his home or his apartment or whatever to an investor and they've gone up on the rent and guess what? They're out in the cold. So it's a problem. It's a big problem. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned something, you know, in that uh, this situation, there is a trickle down effect. And it the is. trickle down effect is is a is a negative effect there based on what you said because of the the, the certain element that, that comes in. But people who buy these properties don't care. They just want to make a dollar and, and and folks who are selling it. Poverty is a big issue. Housing is a big issue in Shelby County, and I think a lot of folks know it. But I guess um, from listening to what you say in terms of slowing down, honestly, feasibly, is there some kind of is there some way to do this? Is there some plan that can be formed that could slow this process down, especially from the outside in? So, um, so we are right now. I've been speaking. I'm in conversation with John Zena who's the director of vision of planning and development for the county and city, as well as uh, uh, Representative Jay Hardaway and some other officials. Uh, and I spoke with uh, Representative Touche trying to get some legislation, but of course we want baby to stop it. So we're looking at two things. We're looking at the zoning of how we can maybe get them zoned to where, of course they have to go through the county commission, city council to sure, where sure. we can say, okay, this this area, let's just pick out a uh, hypothetical, a Twinkle Town or a Whitehaven area and say, look, 
we already got these many rental properties and we want to put a moratorium on, this is only how many we want. You know, because at the end of the day, I mean, it could pretty much bring your neighborhood and your values down, as well as uh, we were looking at the HOA. Those are homeowner associations right. to where you can put in your association of uh, covenant. Uh, of course, you have to be registered with the state. Do you have something to talk about the limited amount of rental properties in your community or in your neighborhood? So those are two avenues that we're looking at to see what we can do, as well as uh, I was was on the phone with a, a, a guy by, in Minnesota, and I hadn't gotten back with him, but he was telling me what Minnesota did, you know, to slow theirs down. But if we don't slow this down, you know, we, it's, it's going to really explode on us here in Shelby County. And really, a chip, the reason they have chosen Shelby County because the cost of living here is cheap. That's why they, it's happened all over the country, but they have eyed in on Shelby County because they can go into some of our distressed neighbors like your Orange Mound and your uh, New Chicago areas, those areas that are really in distress, and they can buy up these properties. You know, we got a, a question from a listener uh, in reference to you coming on the show, and I think we may have addressed it, but the, I just, I, the question was uh, um, to ask, what can nice neighborhoods do? <laughs> to prevent these investors from buying up properties and selling to persons who have or, or have little or no pride or interest in uh, their properties, which basically kind of you, you, you address that. They come in and, 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 they, and, they, and, they, and they price them up, they fix them up, and they price them up so high that all you have left is, is, is people who may not have that type of pride in their neighborhoods and communities. Am I, am I on the right track with that? Oh, no doubt about it. You know, we all know at the end of the day, a renter does not have a, a, a pride to stay in the community and a homeowner would. There's just no way. And even, you know, we've noticed, uh, we, of course, in our office, with the help of Mr. Uh, Javier Bailey, my CAO, we've been keeping up with what's being bought and, 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 the, and the, the, the different investors. So we're keeping our eye on it, also make sure we monitor it. But at the end of the day, you know, that can cause your property values going up because now, they pay their taxes now. They pay their property taxes, but guess what? They don't keep the properties up. Mm. So, so you find yourself in a nice neighborhood with maybe about three or four rental properties on that street, where the grass might not be cut, or you know, just something that's not conducive with that neighborhood because they don't have nothing in state. A rental have nothing in state in a in a neighborhood, you know, of uh, here in Shelby County. So, that's why we're trying to. I'm trying to pull, you know, a group together. I'm I'm just sounding the alarm, uh, Chip. Let them know it's a problem. Let's get together. And let's start putting our heads together and get our resources and try to slow this thing down. Well, listen, man, uh, got to run. But thank you for the thankful uh, that you're in the position that you're in and that you are making us all aware of what what the problem is and what needs to be done. And hopefully uh, this will translate all the way up to Nashville uh, in the state house. So maybe they can do something uh, to maybe put a roadblock or two in front of this. But I want to thank you for coming on the show uh, addressing this issue. And, uh, and thank you for everything you do in the property assessor's office. And if there's anything that uh, you need to talk about or want us to be informed about, you're always invited back to the show. Hey, Chip, you mind if I can make two more points real quick? Absolutely. Go ahead. Okay, look, um, something I've, I've been reading up on home ownership, and it, it says home ownership creates generational wealth. Mm -hmm. It said the average homeowner's net worth is 44 times the net worth of the average renter. And also it talked about there is a lower crime rate among homeowners and people living in stable housing environments. Sure. It also says an increase in owner occupancy of 1% results in a 2.94% decrease and violent crime rates in the area that already experienced crime. Mm -hmm. So it's a big deal. Homeownership yeah. is a big deal, especially in those communities, Chip, that look like me and you. 
Absolutely that. Okay. Melvin, thank you so much for coming thank on the you. show, man. We'll talk down down the road. Take take care of yourself. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you right. anytime, buddy. All right, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Melvin Burgess, ladies and gentlemen, some really good information and kind of eye-opening, uh, as a matter of fact. We're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, what we all can do uh, to help an institution here in Memphis and Shelby County. It is the Mid-South Food Bank. Uh, I'm Chip. We are going to take our last break, as I said, and don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. It's the return of the Lucero Family Block Party on Saturday, September 10th, featuring performances by Tim Barry, Jason Bolin and the Stragglers, American Aquarium, and Lucero starting at 2 p.m. outside of Minglewood Hall. Tickets available at MinglewoodHallMemphis.com. Orion believes communities work best when they work together. They have been a trusted financial partner in our community for more than 60 years and are committed to giving back in the neighborhoods they serve. You can see how they're redefining banking at orionfcu.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, Monday. Chip here. And, uh, you know, we talked at the uh, beginning of the broadcast about how important it is to become less selfish and more selfless. And I can't think of a better organization that does that uh, than uh, the Mid-South Food Bank. But before I bring in my guest, you know, we are all affected by this uh, This. Uh, the economy in one way or another. Uh, we're in an inflationary period we hadn't seen in, what, 30 years. Uh, gas prices are up. Grocery store prices are up. Shelves are empty. Um, ga- you know, I mean, and, 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 and we just seem to be just sort of floating around out here trying to survive. Supply chain issues. Everything has a ripple effect. And it's affecting uh, even uh, the organization I talked about earlier. Uh, so I'm really pleased to have uh, back on the show Kathy Pope. She is the president and CEO of the Mid-South Food Bank. And Kathy, thanks again for uh, coming on the show. Good to see you again. So great to see you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely that. So, you know, I think I read something not too long ago where, you know, I mean, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with in our economy uh, are having some uh, pretty dramatic uh, ripple down effects. Uh, You as the president of the uh, Mid-South Food Bank, your organization, 
helps so many people, thousands and thousands of people. Uh, we know how big of uh, an issue food uh, is in uh, Memphis and Shelby County. Uh, just tell us uh, how the recent uh, series of events that we're dealing with uh, has affected your organization in terms of what you do for so many on a daily basis. Well, um, it really has affected us. We've seen it in our price increases. You know, Chip, we order a lot of food. Right. We order a whole tractor trailer full of green beans or corn or whatever we need to make sure that our partner agencies have the food they need. So when our local families are coming to that local agency, that partner has food to feed them. Right. Um, so we do put a lot of food orders in the queue and a couple of things we're noticing. Um, the prices on the truckload of food that we're we're ordering is going up 30% over the last three months. Mm -hmm. The transportation cost has gone up 35%. Wow. Um, we are struggling, you know, just a little bit. We have to work a lot harder to figure out what food we can order. We get three bids on everything we order. We want to be very, very wise with our money. Um, but some of the, the um, folks that are bidding on it say, well, we can't get it to you for nine weeks. Oh Chip, that doesn't help us when we have people who need to eat now. So wow. those are some of the problems that we're having. In addition, my partner agencies are calling me, telling me they need more food because they're seeing 40 to 50% increase over the last three months of the number of people in their food line. Now, is this uh, as a result of uh, some, of the, some of the things you said, of course, but uh, is this a result of the economy, uh, supply chain issues? You said higher prices. You, sure, you surely mentioned that, the cost of things. And this almost sounds to me like a conversation that we had about a year or so ago when we were in the midst of COVID. And, uh, you know, dealing with, with all of that, this, this sounds eerily almost like that situation. Things, you know, are just really, really tough out there right now, are they not? They really are tough. And coming off of the pandemic, I know you and, how, and I have had many conversations about the increase in need so quickly when the shutdown happened right. in March, April of 2020. Right. And we really saw our numbers spike. I told you before, prior to the pandemic, our food bank was distributing about 16.7 million pounds. At the height of the pandemic, we were distributing 55 million in one year. Now, we can see that we can see when people go back to work because we'll see less people in our line sure. and less food that is in need. Sure. Um, but and we did see a decrease, you know, when people went back to work, the economy was opening up. We could tell. Um, but now we're back to a really high number of people in need. Um, so, yes, I think we're, we're talking about the same thing you and I talked about at the height of the pandemic, for sure. Yeah, this is frightening. And if you're just uh, joining us, ladies and gentlemen, I am speaking with uh, our friend Kathy Pope. She is the president and CEO of the Mid-South Food Bank. You talked about uh, the partnerships that you have as an organization. And uh, if you would, just uh, spend a minute on just how valuable uh, these partnerships are in order to try to fulfill a, a really, really serious need. Extremely valuable, Chip. There's no way that we could do the work we do in the community without our partner agency. So we have over 300 in the 31 counties we serve in the Mid-South. Shelby County is our largest. We have the most agencies in Shelby County, but we go as far down as Panola, Mississippi, Monroe County, Mississippi. Uh, we serve um, Crittenden, Arkansas, across the river. So through these partner agencies, we call them our brick and mortar pantries sure. uh, because they have a place for 
their, our families to come to. Whatever their hours, they're open and they're doing their distribution in that local community. And they really depend on the food bank for that food. A lot of them have get 100% of what they serve from the food bank, and some have other resources. They'll do their own fundraising, etc. But during the pandemic, because the need was so great, we had a lot of other new partners call us and they're like, we want to help. What can we do? And we trained them in running our mobile pantry distribution. So if you've seen long car lines, at which I know that all of us have at some of these um, distributions, some of them may not even have a brick and mortar uh, building to serve from. They're only doing mobile distributions, but it really has been, been the workhorse to get all of that additional food out to those in need quickly. Yeah, you know, I've seen that and in and, and a lot of places around town, uh, not even buildings, but I mean the lines uh, of, of people who are who desperately need food and, and, you know, to survive and to take care of their children and their families. It's just staggering to me. I mean, literally, you know, when I worked for MLGW, you know, we did we did a couple of those, several of those, as a matter of fact, uh, food giveaways. And and say it started at 10 a.m., they lined up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, Absolutely. this is how serious the situation that, that, that this really is. And and I know it bothers me on 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 a, on a, on a you know on a on a daily basis. And that's why I've always been so strongly uh, to so strong to advocate organizations like what you do. I think is God's work. Uh, now, how can uh, you know we you know as a community help you uh, to continue to do the works that you do? I like the breakdown that you say, if you donate X amount of dollars, that feeds a so-and-so family. Can you do that? Can you go over that for, for us, for our listeners? Absolutely. Because, um, Chip, we get food from a lot of different resources. I spoke of, yes, we purchase food. We get USDA commodities still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have donated food because we're still picking up at our retail stores. But I will tell you, that is less quantity than we've ever seen before because they don't really have that excess. You sure. know, they're struggling as well to fill the shelves. Mm-hmm. So, but once we get all those resources together, we're able to stretch your $10 and turn it into 30 meals for Mm -hmm. families who need food. So um, I think we're very wise with our money. We really use our resources well. Um, I do want to mention that MLGW is still great partners of ours. They still do great distributions in the community. And um, and we, so a couple of ways that people can get involved. Um, Right now, the need is so great. And I'll be honest, we really don't see that lightening up anytime soon so we're really gearing up to get those food orders in the queue to make sure we have food for our families Um, so a couple of ways people can help and get involved and be part of the solution here is to go to our website Mm midsouthfoodbank.org and you can hit donate we Mm -hmm. make it really really easy again stretch your ten dollars to 30 meals and then second if you need help we want to make sure that you know how to get that help Again, if you'll go on that website and click Find Food, you can click your um, put in your zip code and it will tell you some of our partner agencies nearby you. Or you can click Mobile Pantries and you're going to see where we are having mobile pantries in our community hey. for the next seven days. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, incredible work, incredible job that you do on a, on a daily basis. And we are so thankful uh, for all of your folks at the uh, Mid-South Food Bank. And, uh, of course, you know, you're always welcome back on this show. And if there's anything that you want us to put out, a particular need, event, activity, whatever, you're always welcome back on the show. You know that. I do know that. Thank you so much, Chip. Kathy, have a great evening. Talk to you soon. Okay, all bye. Right. Bye-bye.
Kathy Pope, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, the need is great. Uh, you know, we're living in a, in a world now where we have so many challenges and uh, on a daily basis. And, you know, I know it's a strain for, for many of us, but you have to sometimes uh, not worry about yourself so much as you worry about other people because they are important. But before I leave here, and we're not really quite yet to, to hit the theme, but I want to acknowledge some of the folks who have been watching. Jeffrey T. Higgs. Uh, has been watching us and he's been he's been piping in comments. Uh, good to see you, JT, uh, on the on the on the line tonight. Uh, my son David is watching the show. Sarah Gum is becoming a regular watcher of uh, this uh, fine broadcast. Ruby Bright, uh, hello to you. Nedra Owens Reddit is watching. Audrey, I see you. And I got all these notes uh, about uh, Sheriff Bonner when he was on. We were having some kind of internal thing going on here. We were trying to figure it out. But you all were nice enough to say, we can hear him, Chip. Stop saying that. So <laughs> we appreciate it. And we appreciate him being on the show. Uh, Felicia Broadnax is also watching, as my friend, Marshawn Chrysler from Jackson, Mississippi, checking us out. Uh, and, uh, you know, all, if, if Vernon O'Neill is watching as well. So if, if I missed anyone and you all had to check out, really appreciate you doing the Facebook Live thing. Uh, but uh, I would urge you, as we play our way out, to uh, share this broadcast with folks. If it does something for you, if you've learned something, if it, uh, you know, it's, you know, has some, you know, some semblance of making sense, please let folks know what we're trying to do here. Because I got to be honest with you, uh, I'm working hard to try to make this the best radio talk show on air in this city. Uh, we are a podcast, uh, so you can always hear us uh, after the show is posted on Tuesday on podcast platforms from coast to coast. Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to spread the word and talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in our city because, uh, you know, the more we contribute uh, to uh, all of what's going on around here, the more of a force we can be for change, which is what it's all about. So uh, for uh, all of us here, uh, Lola and for Nicole, for Marvin, you don't know Marvin. I hadn't formally introduced him yet, but you know, he's still on the training list. But we we, we may get him out here soon. <laughs> but in any event, thank you all for uh, listening and being a part of uh, the Real Talk experience. I invite you to go to the Real Talk Radio Show fans page and check it out as well. So in the meantime and between time, be safe, be careful out there, stay cool in that heat, uh, and uh, watch your elderly and watch your pets. Uh, so if the Lord says so, we'll be back here next week. Uh, same time, uh, same station. Try to do it all over again. 